Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. The title of this series is The Exalted Christ. The Exalted Christ. The book of John is all about the exalted Christ, and it's different from the other Gospels. The other three Gospels are known as the Synoptic Gospels. The Synoptic Gospels, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar in nature. It's almost like three different people that are the witnesses of the same event. And so if you got three people, if there was a, let's, for example, a car accident uh, uh, on the corner, God forbid, and you had three people standing on different corners and you asked them what happened, you would get the same story but a slightly different variation. Now, we know that those variations were inspired by God. And they were very purposeful uh, um, when they were written. Look at what J. Sidlow Baxter says in comparing the first three plus the book of John, which is not like the other two. He says, the earlier three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are presentations of Jesus. This fourth is an interpretation. The other three show us Jesus outwardly. This fourth interprets him inwardly. The other three emphasize the human aspect this fourth unveils the divine. The book of John is unveiling the divine Christ. It's Christ was man and God. The book, of, the book of John is focusing on Christ as God. Here's another, J.B. Phillips said it this way, and this is also a really good thing for us to understand. And as the series unfolds, I'll keep giving you little tidbits about the uniquenesses of the book of John. I could give an hour of it otherwise, and but that means that the whole sermon would just be introductory material. So it says, Matthew had written primarily for the Jews, Mark for the Romans, Luke for the Greeks. There was a desperate need for one more gospel record. Someone needed to write for the church. Someone needed to write for the church. Now, it is vitally important, guys. Look at me for a second. It is vitally important that we as the church, we need to know just not the facts of Christ. We need to know the divine Christ. We need to know the exalted Christ. Very, very important for all of us to know the exalted Christ. And the key verse of the entire book, this is a good thing for you to know, for all of us to know, is John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Look at this. Okay, it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe. Everyone say believe. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Brothers and sisters, look at me. We experience life as we believe in the divine Christ. We experience life, the abundant life, we'll pull that verse up shortly, as we put our faith in the exalted Christ. And so we're going to be looking 
at the exalted Christ uh, uh, for, um, for as long as it takes. For as long as it takes. Amen. Now before we read this passage, okay, there is a word that I need to highlight that is going to be often used in these in, uh, in today's chapter. And the word in the Greek is logos. The word is logos. And you'll see it in a moment. Say, in the beginning was the word. And that word in the Greek is logos. And I want to explain what logos means so that when we read the passage of Scripture, you'll really get it. So logos was a word that had a, had a twofold meaning to the culture of that time and the, new t- uh, uh, the first the first century, that culture was a culture that they w- there's a term called Hellenization. And Hellenization means that this culture was influenced to a great degree by the Greeks. The Greeks majored on philosophy. Philosophy was a big deal in the first century and during this time. And so everyone was searching for the Logos. And to the culture, the Logos was the highest form of philosophy, truth, and living. And different people would, would discourse. In those days, philosophers would gather in certain places and people would sit around and listen to them. And they were searching for the Logos or the Logos. And uh, they were searching for the highest form of philosophy, truth, and living. Now, to the believer... What Logos really means is it is the peak of revelation of divine things. It's the independent, personified expression of God. Okay. By the way, we put our notes, I don't say this often enough. We put our notes on the website. And you can go to the website, listen to the message. And all of these slides will be there. And I want to encourage you. Listen, study the word. Study the word. It's life. Hallelujah. The word is life. Amen. Okay, last thing. We're going to start reading in John chapter 1. But I'm going to ask you to really look up on the screen sometimes. People are reading along in their Bible, which really makes me happy. Bring your Bible to the church. And, uh, and it's cool if you have it in an electronic form as long as you read it. Amen? That's the key. Some people have physical Bibles, but they're pretty dusty. May there be no dusty Bible around here. Amen? Okay, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm reading from a different translation. I have a lot of different translations in my library. And from time to time, I look at, uh, at different ones. I, uh, um, and, you know, I read, most often we use the NIV here because it is a very common language. And the key to reading the Bible is that you just can understand it. And so I like common language translations. Um, I study at times in some slightly different ones. And I have technology that enables me to look at it like right in the Greek, even though I don't. Uh, I can't read Greek. I have technology that does that for me. However, this is a unique translation that was done in the 30s. This is uh, uh, Charles B. Williams. And today we're going to do the whole message off of that. You probably won't find this online. Um, uh, You'd have to probably buy the book. But anyway, I thought this would be good. So look up. 
Okay, and remember what the logos means, okay, it's the highest form, it's the, it's the personification, uh, uh, highest expression and personification of God. So it says, in the beginning was the word, that word is logos. So in the beginning, the word existed and the word was face to face with God. Yea, the word was God himself. He is the one who was face to face with God in the beginning. It was through him that everything came into existence. And apart from him, the word, not a single thing came into existence. It was by him that life began to exist. And that life was the light of mankind. So the light continues to shine in darkness, and I love this line, for the darkness has never overpowered it. There appeared a man named John sent from God. He came for the purpose of testifying, to testify to the light so that everyone through him might come to believe. He was not the light. He came to testify to the light. The real light which sheds light upon everyone was just coming into the world. He came into the world and though, though, and though the world through him began to exist, it did not recognize him. He came into his own world, but his own people did not welcome him. Wow. But to all who did accept him and trust in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Who were born of God, not of natural blood, nor of physical or human impulse. How many praise God for his word? Can we put our hands together for the word of God? The word of God is so beautiful and so wonderful and so, so powerful. And the title of the message today is Christ the Eternal Word. Christ the Eternal Word. He was in the beginning and he was God. He was always with God because he was God. I like this translation because this translation shines light on the Trinity, on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he was with God seeing him face to face when all things began. And we are really going to be looking at Christ the eternal word. Okay, now look up here. We're going to pray in a moment. Okay. The goal for today... The goal for today is that as you leave this place, is that we would have the word of God exalted and elevated in our hearts. And we understand that through the mystery, the mysterious wisdom, power of God, this word, even though it's on pages, it's actually breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. To be Christ himself. You see, in the beginning was 
was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is, we, when you have a relationship with your Bible, you have a relationship with Christ, the eternal Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and this time. Lord, we thank you for, I thank you for the summer. I thank you for keeping our kids safe. Lord, we thank you for getting them back in school. We thank you for, um, for rest that many of us have received. And, and Lord, we're getting back into the swing of things. And Lord, I pray, Father, that as we get back into the swing of things, I pray that we would do it being filled with Christ, the eternal word. And I pray that the exalted Christ would be exalted in this church. I pray for that, this service, the next service, the next service. God, that all of your people would know Christ, the exalted word. Bless our time in the next few moments. Bless our time together, I pray. We are hungry for you, Lord Jesus. We were singing, you are great and you are higher. And Lord, be great and higher in our hearts. We want to see you and we want to live by faith. Oh God, for you. Bless this word in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said. Amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So what we're going to do in the next few moments is focus on gaining understanding on who Christ the eternal word is. We all need to know this and we need to relate to God by faith on, in terms of who he is and what, who he wants to be for us. So this passage of scripture, first of all, is saying that the word, everyone say the word, the word is eternal and divine. The word is eternal and divine. In the beginning, the word existed. The word existed in the beginning, that means that it always was. In other words, let me put it this way. Our beginning is God's already, always, and afterward. Confused? <laughs> Let me say that one more time. Our beginning, our moment in time is God's already, always, and afterward. God is outside of time because he is eternal. That means he always was. It says, in the beginning, the word existed. In our beginning, he eternally existed. And the word was face to face with God. Yea, the word was God himself. And he is the one who was face to face with God in the beginning. And what that's saying is God has, this is expressing a continuous state, not a completed past. This is continual. We need to understand that the word of God is always, it is eternal. So the word of God is eternal. And the word of God is not only eternal, but it's also divine. Okay. The word is forever. It always existed. It always was. Okay. And then it says, and the word 
was face to face with God and the word was God himself. The word is not only eternal, but the word is also divine. Now, in order for us to get our head around this, I want to I ask a question. How? And more importantly, because how's the house, they belong to God. Because he can do whatever he wants to do. But how and why could God become the word? I would say that the, one of the, the highest reasons is that the word is a tangible reflection for us of his perfection. Okay? This is what perfection looks like when we read the word and when we take in the word. We start to understand what divinity and perfection really looks like. How do you squeeze eternity into the heart of man? Here's how. One tiny truth at a time. You see, God is so big. He's so great. And yet the Bible says that we're born again. And Christ comes to live inside of us. And Christ comes to sit, live inside of us. It says in Ecclesiastes that we have eternity in our hearts. And the way we feed our spirit and our life and we grow in this amazing relationship with the eternal divine God is one tiny truth at a time. You see, it's little by little. As we take drop by drop, powerful things begin to happen inside of us. Look at, look at uh, uh, what the Bible says in Peter. This is powerful. Okay, it says, through these he has given us very great and precious promises. Let's read this together. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Okay, so look, he has given us these very great and precious promises. Everyone look, at, look here. Right here. The living word, great and precious promises. He's given this to us so that, everyone say so that. So that through the great and precious promises, we participate in the divine nature. And so here's what it basically means. What it basically means is every time you take in a little bit of the word of God, you're taking, it, you're taking something in that is divine and will never change. Let me say that one more time. Every time you read the Bible, every time you get alone with God, it doesn't matter where you are or what you do. Every time you open your heart up to the word of God, you've taken in God. You've taken in Christ himself, the hope of glory. You fed yourself with him. He said, I am the bread of life. How many know he is food for our soul? Hallelujah. He is our life and our strength. He's like the living water. And every time we stop and we take him in, he makes us stronger. He makes us like him. We participate in the divine nature. You see, how do you become like Jesus? Well, you have this exchange with him where you participate in the divine nature. Little by little. And that's why it's very easy to tell. Listen, watch this. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Okay. It's very easy to tell when people have been filling their heart with Jesus. Because you hear what comes out of their mouth. You see? 
So when you spend time with Jesus, the word comes out. Truth comes out. Unchanging truth. Here's the other thing that is very important for us to understand about the Bible. Not only is the Bible divine, not only do we get to participate in the divine nature, but we have to understand that his word will never change. You see, though how many are thankful, right? Listen to this, the weather changes, technology changes, new iPhone is coming out, I heard. You know, uh, uh, um, fashions change. But, you know, all sorts of their philosophies change, moods, cultural moods change, you know. But how many are thankful that his word will never, ever, 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 ever change? <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why, and you'll see as this sermon builds... That's why it's important to get the word of God into your heart. Because you, when you take in the word on a daily basis, when you feed yourself, you're strengthening your relationship with God. But you're also putting something is that is unshakable, immovable, irrefutable, hallelujah, incontrovertible. It is impossible to, to move the word of God one iota. The word of God will never move. Men move, but God doesn't move. How many would say amen? You see? And so, hallelujah. God is always right and he always was right. He always was right. I need to, I need to get moving here. But I, I was reading the other day where, um, actually I was reading a book about biblical interpretation. And I was reading the other day where uh, the guy said, well, when you're interpreting the Bible, you have to be careful that you don't read in things that you know versus what they knew. For example, when the, when the Bible says he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, he probably meant it metaphorically or something because he didn't, uh, they, you know, people didn't know that the world was a circle at that time. They thought the world was flat. And you know what I said to that when I was reading the book? I said, baloney. Okay? It didn't matter if that man knew. What mattered is that he was being inspired by the Holy Spirit who always was, who was the one who created the world and decided that it was going to be a, a, a ball. That's what he decided. He could have made it flat, but he decided to make it a circle. So we would scratch our heads and go, oh, snap, how did he do that? You see? He's the one who decided gravity and all of the above. And so I was like, I might learn some things. Always remember, chew the meat, spit out the bones. It's like, I'm not, I'm not receiving that because, you know, God is not confused. Listen, the world is confused. Okay, the academies are confused, the universities are confused, they think they know, but let me tell you something, if it does not match up the, with the word, they just don't know. How many would say amen? I need to move on to another point, but I don't want to. I'll never forget talking to someone who said, you know, I have, a, I have a bachelor's in chemistry or 
biology or whatever. And, and um, you know, the problem is, is that what I've learned, I can't reconcile what I've learned with the Bible. And I say, well, the problem is, is that the Bible, the Bible is right and what you've learned is wrong. You know, and if you look at the history of academics, the whole essence of academics is further learning and further discovery. And that's why things are changing all the time. That's why they say, you know, garlic is good for you one year, the next year garlic is no good. <laughs> Unbelievable. People are saying, you mean I had that stinky breath for all those years and it doesn't even work? Yes. You see? But that's the way it is. We thought it was this, but now it's not this. Now we're changing this. Oh, we thought it was that, but now it's not that. And you, you, you get it? But let's, let's, the point is, recognize what's in your phone, okay? It's amazing. I've been thinking about this. I used to have a, a bit of an edge with technology, but I think about kids walking around with the phone. They would just turn on their Bible app. Okay, they have the eternal, unchanging word of God. Incredible. Incredible. That's our gift. Amen. So the first thing is the word of God is eternal and divine. And, and, and I want to encourage you, read your Bible every day. If you're a young believer, can I just say this? Look, here's the way I encourage young believers. There are multitudes of, of, of reading schedules. And I want to have a reading schedule where you're reading somewhat sequentially through the Bible because you go learning it better. So a lot of times I'll tell a reader, look, read one chapter of Psalms and one chapter in the New Testament start in the Gospels. If you're a young believer, everyone has the time to read two chapters of the Bible. If you think you don't have time to read two chapters of the Bible, you're off. Okay? We have time to do all kinds of things and go all kinds of places and, and, and check all kinds of Instagrams and, and read the news and find out about politics. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, there's, you could read one chapter of the Bible, you know. But I'm just saying, the reason why I encourage, let's say, Psalms, and because Psalms is the worship book of the Bible. And the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And there's something about learning how to worship God. And you, in the Psalms, you learn how to worship God through all your stuff, hard times, good times, bad times, right. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I think that's good. And then you just start reading especially if you're a young believer, through the New Testament, day by day. And look, if it's too much, read half a chapter. I read half a chapter all the time. Sometimes I read, read half a chapter, I read it, and I'm like, this is, I got to stop and pray right here. I can't even read anymore. Okay? Read your Bible every day. It is the eternal divine word. Very quickly, it is also, the word is also creative and life-giving. The word is creative and life-giving. Now, look at what it says. It was through him, the word, that everything came into existence. Apart from him, not a single thing. Everyone say, not a single thing. I love this. Not a single thing came into existence with, apart from him. It was by him that life began to exist. And that life 
was the light of mankind. You see, the word is creative and life-giving. Everything came into existence because of the creative power of the word. We know that the way uh, a creation came in is God spoke. Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that by the powerful word. The word is creative and life-giving. We need to understand what the, there are things that are missing inside of our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits. And when you take in the word, God is putting something in there that's not there. He's giving us what we need. Amen. Now, all people are searching for either relationships or things that are life-giving. For example, I was, I heard about this author who says he has a social anxiety. And so before he's going into social situations, what he does is he likes listening to comedy beforehand. So he's going to have a, he has to go to some kind of dinner party, so he listens to comedy. Some people say, uh, some people have a drink. Some people do drugs. Some people do other things. Everyone is looking for, some people have hobbies that are, they call them life-giving. We all need, we know children need relationships because relationships are life-giving. You know, all of us are pursuing things and things that, that will be life-giving to us. But how many know Christ is the true life-giver? Look at what he said. He said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, let's read it, that they may have life and have it to the full. Fullness of life comes from Jesus. The, the relationship, listen, the most life-giving relationship is in the world is with Christ, the eternal word. It is the most life-giving relationship that there is. And so look, here's a, here's a, a, a very simple example. Um, I think every man of God who's, who's married today will probably attest to this. Right? You should attest to this. So uh, um, my wife, by far, hands down, is the most life-giving relationship in my life. My wife, uh, you, you know, I hate to say it this way, but she is my life in a way. She's like my, she's my life. You know what I mean? So it's the most life-giving relationship that there is. However, and so, and all other relationships come and go. You know, my son just got married. It's like, hey, adios amigo. That's the way it goes. You know? It's like, hey, when he gets the flat, that's his flat now, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> no, no, no. tough being a pastor's kid and he in the room and he's going after you. You know what I mean? That's the way it is. But see, they leave, she stays. And however, however, even though she's the most life-giving relationship, okay, my relationship with God, the word, far surpasses this relationship. You see, because there are things that Christ can speak into her heart that no matter how much I love her, I can't. There are exchanges between her and Christ 
that I could never have with her. I can't give that to her because I'm not God. And vice versa. When you have a relationship with the Word, this is the life-giving relationship. And if you're like, man, it's not happening, stick with it. Let it grow. Let it grow. Watch. If you stick with the Word, transformation will take place. It will be joy unspeakable and full of glory. And can I say, can I say the last thing on this point? Over the years, over the years, when I was a baby Christian, I used to look for solutions to my problems, and that's all I wanted. But as I grew in God, I looked for the word of promise. You see? Because when the word of promise comes, well, hey, stuff happens in life. You know, for me, it might be a little late, it might be a little early, whatever, but when I get the promise, I'm, how many know that when God speaks a promise into your spirit, it's like, it's all good, hallelujah, I've heard from the Lord. You see? Why? Because the word is life-giving. The word is life-giving. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so when you read your Bible, Lord, open our eyes to see that this is a life-giving relationship. When you read your Bible, it is a life-giving relationship that you're developing and cultivating as you take in the truth. You say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And listen, as we, if the singers could come, we're getting ready to, we'll go to the last point and close. When you read your Bible, sometimes it doesn't feel life-giving. But we walk by faith, not by sight. Just because it doesn't feel life-giving, it doesn't, it, that doesn't mean it isn't life-giving. It's like, when you were, when we were all kids, and um, uh, our parents said, you know, eat your broccoli or your spinach, and you're like, I don't want to eat this, and none of that, no ice cream, no no cake, no. And you're like, you know what I mean? Now, we wanted the ice cream, but how many know the broccoli is what was really life-giving? Okay. And so sometimes you're reading the Word of God, you don't realize how it's impacting you and how it's nourishing you. You just have to keep filling yourself with the Word. And then at a key crucial moment, listen to this. At a key crucial moment, when you least expect it because you have already sown the Word of God into your heart, sometimes that verse will come flying up out of you. You weren't even thinking about it. You ever had a verse of the Bible fly out of you? You know, and it's because since you put it into your heart way back when, now the Holy Spirit uses what you put inside of you so that in an, any given moment you can participate in the divine nature. You see? And that's why we, we need to just stick with the word, stick with the word, and say I believe and put it into practice and watch little by little your your relationship with God, it just opens up into something so beautiful. That's what we're concerned about. That's what we want for this year. Everyone here, that your relationship would be with the exalted Christ. And that there would be abundance and, and blessing and life because you're spending time with Jesus the Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little more. 
last thing and we're gonna we're gonna end the last thing is that the word is relational and illuminating the word is relational and illuminating look at this the real light which sheds light upon everyone was just coming into the world. The word sheds light. The word turns the lights on for us. He came into his own world, but his own people did not welcome him. But to all who did accept him, that means us, and trust in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children implying relationship. How many are thankful we are the children of God? We are sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. We put our faith in the word, in the life-giving word. We've received the word, and we become children of God. And when we receive the word, hallelujah, he turns the light on. As we read the word of God today, this is a life-giving relationship. The Father is talking to us. Very, very important. Let, let me just say this. I need to read this in my notes and then I want to close with an example. Okay. All of the mysteries of relationship with Jesus, which include visions from time to time or even a visitation or a gift of the Spirit or a miracle, all of them are anchored and found in the Word. If things are happening in your life and you can't anchor it in the word, how many know God never violates his word? You see? And we need the word for us to be anchored because sometimes we start to say, I've heard from God here, I've heard from God there. And that's not even in the word. God would never tell you to do that that way because that would violate his word. You see, and so this is very, very important because the word is not only relational, but it is illuminating so that we will not be deceived. Very, very important. We need the concrete nature and the constancy of the word so that we have a solid relationship with God. Now, I want to close with this illustration and then, and then we'll close. We'll pray and we'll be on our way. Maybe, I don't know if you've ever heard of a term called uh, catfishing. Anyone have ever heard of the term catfished? Okay. Okay, catfish, uh, when someone's been catfished, it's a, a catfish is a person who sets up a false personal profile on a social networking site for fraudulent or deceptive pur purposes. For example, there's a, a very well-known speaker, Christine Kane, and she, her ministry deals in human trafficking. And uh, um, it's, uh, it, I think her organization is called A21. And they just reported that they rescued a kidnapped man who moved from North America to South Africa because he was caught in one of these catfish schemes. It means someone sought him out on the internet and talked to him and convinced him that he had a job there. And, and because he, he, he was basically deceived and in the dark, he actually ended up flying to South Africa. And when he got there, okay, they, they kidnapped him. You see, because of deception. The most famous, um, I think, uh, uh, episode of this that came on the national scene was... Um, was the athlete Manti Teo. In 2012, Notre Dame was in the national championships and in the midst of, the, of, of a season which he was 
one of the, he was actually the Heisman Trophy runner-up. Notre Dame was number two in the country. And the, the prize linebacker, Manti Teal, suffered, uh, uh, it came out that he suffered loss. His grandmother died. And then all of a sudden he also said that his girlfriend died. Okay. His girlfriend who was in Hawaii. And, uh, and then the whole, na you know, the, 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 all of sports nation was watching and they were broken hearted for Manti Teo. And uh, um, when he announced it, he, he, you know, he got two interceptions and there's a, the coach gave the game ball to him to give to her and uh, who was, quote, dying and all of this stuff was going on. Well, two weeks after the national championship, what happened is, is it came out that it was all a hoax. This guy had a relationship with a girl on the internet. The girl was really a guy. And they connected on the internet and then the guy would call and make, uh, make up a girl's voice and they would talk for hours and, and he's telling all of his buddies about this girl. And uh, we're talking about a good-looking, intelligent, articulate, gifted guy. Talk about a guy having everything going for him, right? But this is going on and he's telling everyone and he's getting ready to get engaged. And like this whole massive hoax is going on. And then one day he gets a phone call and the guy says, hey, it's, I forget what her name was. Guess what? This was all a lie. It was a hoax. And the guy was so embarrassed. That he kept the lie going and he made up a lie that she was killed on the same day or in the same week that the grandmother was. And then it, it all came out and then there was a, uh, the cover of New York Post was, was uh, note or shame, I think. Did we? Look, this is, this is a true story, you know. And uh, my heart broke for this young man, you know. And uh, you could go ahead and take that off. And so here's the deal. Everyone look up here. We're going to close in like one minute. He was catfished. He was deceived. He was, he was taken advantage of. He was in the dark when he was in the light. He was in a trap when he thought he was in freedom. You see? I wonder how many other people are being catfished by the devil. You see, if we don't have a relationship with the word that shines the light, how do you know you're not being deceived? How do you know? See, when you have a relationship with the word, we know the word never changes. If Jesus says something, he never changes. Hallelujah. We know that the word of God is life-giving, uh, uplifting, benefiting, developing. It's always good. You see, but if our lives are not anchored in the word, how do we know? Only Jesus could shine the light on all things. We read a couple weeks ago, even darkness is as light. You can fool a lot of people. I know you can't fool God. He knows all things. He is the eternal, all-knowing one. When I thought about Manti Teo, I even thought about the day of judgment. I, thought, I, I think about thousands of people standing before God. And what it came down to is they were catfished by the devil. You see, here's how I want to close with this. Look at, what, look at what it says in the Bible, okay. It says, I will walk about in freedom. Everyone say freedom. Why? Because, for I have sought out your precepts. Because I've had a living relationship with the living God. 
okay? Because I talk to him every day, and he talks to me every day, and he feeds me his promises, and he shines light. The Bible says your word is a light unto to my feet, a lamp unto my path. He is an illuminator, and he comes by the word. And when the devil wants to deceive us, the light shines, and we say, get thee behind me, devil. You're not going to trick me because I'm following Jesus. Hallelujah. Here it is, the unchanging, life-giving, and relational word is the only thing that keeps us in freedom and abundance. Look at me for a second. Everything else is deceptive. Everything else. Personal success, personal experiences, you know, aha moments. <laughs> You know, it's like all of those things, okay, if they're not found and anchored in the Word, they eventually let us down. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that we might have life and life to the full. How many want life to the full? Could we praise Jesus the Word? Let's put our hands together. Okay, get your Bible out for a second. Okay? Get your Bible out. If it's on the phone, please pull out your phone. Come on, this doesn't happen often. Get your phone out. Okay? Once you get your phone out, where it, where the, wherever it is, get it to John 1. All right? I want to do, I want to pray in a very specific way today. Right? You got it? You have it? It doesn't matter. Imagine how wonderful Christ is. He's so wonderful that we have it in all of these forms. We are, you know what, we are the most blessed people on the planet because we have access, free access to the Word. Free access to the Word, amen. All right, here's how we're going to close. Put on your heart. Lord, we want a life-giving relationship with you. We believe that you are the eternal divine word. You never change. We thank you that you are creative and life-giving, oh God. And God, we pray for that. We pray, Lord. That every time we open the Bible, that you would build something into us, oh God. We pray that every time you open, we open the Bible, Lord, God, that you would strengthen us, oh God. In the inner man, we want to participate in the divine nature. And lastly, Lord, we ask that we would have a beautiful relationship with you through your word. Father, I pray that should you tarry, Lord, that in the, in the days, weeks, months to come, in the next 12 months, Lord, I pray for this church family. I pray for everyone that is in my hearing. God, I pray even for someone who's going to listen on the internet this week. 
God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that the Bible would become the exalted Christ to every single one of us. Lord, we want a relationship with the exalted Christ. We ask that your word would go from information and be transformed into powerful life, oh God, and light, oh God. Lord, I pray for people who say that they, who struggle even with reading. God, let them find a way to listen to the Bible, oh God. Let them find friends to read them the Bible, oh God. Lord, whatever we do, we got to get the word into us, oh God. Make a way from the youngest to the oldest to have a relationship with the eternal word. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, and we trust you to do this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Could we stand to our feet and put our hands together and just clap to Jesus for his goodness. And his, come on, let's say hallelujah just for one moment. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another before you go. Go spend time with Jesus, the exalted word. Hallelujah. God bless you.